On June 2nd, the government released the numbers for its May payroll report, and they were awesome. They were spectacular, blistering red hot. Despite all of the turmoil in the, in the economy at that moment, we've got numerous headwinds from the banking crisis and the credit crunch, gasoline prices, any number of things. Here, the BLS said, no, the labor market is just fine. If not just fine, maybe even better than fine. It's resilient, maybe even red hot, accelerating after all the events in March with Silicon Valley Bank and everything else. Predictably, CNBC couldn't get enough of the number. They wrote, the U.S. economy continued to crank out jobs in May, with non-farm payrolls surging by more than expected despite multiple headwinds. Payrolls in the public and private sector increased by 339,000 for the month, better than the 190,000 Dow Jones estimate. The U.S. labor market continues to demonstrate grit amid chaos, from inflation to high-profile layoffs and rising gas prices, said Becky Frankowitz, president and chief of commercial officer of Manpower Group. With 339,000 job openings, we're still rewriting the rule book, and the U.S. labor market continues to defy historical definitions. It continues to defy historical definitions, but maybe not in the way Ms. Frankowitz was describing. In fact, that 339,000 original estimate, it's not 339,000 anymore. It's much less. Because quite unusually, the government has revised lower every single payroll number this year. In fact, this is something we often see during downturns and recessions, though this is a little bit more egregious. A couple of researchers at the St. Louis Fed, just to put some data behind this, went back and looked at these historical revisions during different periods in economic, economic cycles. And what they found was, if the initial release of the payroll employment data is to be viewed as a good forecast of the true employment figure, the data should be unbiased. In other words, the initial releases may vary from the revised releases, but those deviations, some on the high side, some on the low side, should average out to zero over time. This condition applies especially to periods of expansion and recession. In other words, we shouldn't be getting all downward revisions or all upward revisions in specific periods of time. Yet, the St. Louis Fed researchers showed during expansions, the distribution appears normal, but is centered around plus 18.1, implying that the initial numbers during expansions on average underestimate the change in employment by around 18,100 jobs. Unlike the distribution for expansion or the overall one, the distribution in recession is dramatically different with a mean of minus 20.8, implying that during a recession, the initial employment numbers are likely to be overstated by approximately 20,800 jobs. And that's just what we're seeing right now. In fact, it's not 20,800 jobs. It's a consistent number greater than that amount. It's around, so far, believe it or not, a quarter million jobs. For the first six months of this year, the BLS has overstated from its initial release to now what we believe the job numbers to be by over 250,000 jobs. Not a significant number or not an insignificant number. It is a significant number and one that we need to keep aware of, especially as the payroll reports continue to get weaker on their face. What I'm saying is the numbers are already weak and they're likely weaker. The situation in the jobs market is likely weaker than even these numbers that we're getting. What were those numbers? What's really in the jobs report? 
hours worked? What do they look like? Uh, not good there. That's what we're going to get to today. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University, memberships available. In fact, we have an anniversary sale going on. I won't knock my microphone off today. An anniversary sale on memberships, additional benefits, as well as the deep dive analysis. I have memberships available, subscriptions, all of that stuff. The information you can find it at our website, the anniversary sale page, the description of our memberships and subscriptions at eurodollar.university. So if we start with the numbers that we've got from the BLS, um, what you see really quickly is that first of all, this every month getting revised down, that's not normal, that's not usual. And even during recessions and past recessions, it's not normal to see every single month revised lower and every single month revised lower to this degree. Let's go over the numbers here. The current month for July, 2023, the current estimate for July, 2023, just 187,000 total non-farm that includes government as well as private. Um, that's up from 185,000 in June. But if you remember, June was a little bit higher. Now it's a little bit lower. In fact, June last month, according to the BLS was plus 209,000. So 187,000 was gonna be the first one below 200,000. Now we've got two in a row below 190,000. Um, you go back in time, what you see is that May was plus 281 now, that's what we believe. Remember that was the 339. April was 217, except originally the BLS said it was plus 253. March, they said was plus 236. Now they say it's exactly the same as, as uh, April 217. February, another big one. Originally that was 311,000 coming off that major January payroll report that got everybody talking about no landing in the U.S. economy. Originally, the BLS said in February, the good time in January kept going. 311,000. No, now it's just 248. That's 63,000 revision. Even January's. January's remember, started out at 517. That's now down to 472. So still a big number, but not an insignificant amount less. When you add them all up, you've got minus a 45,000 revision in January, 63,000 in February, 19,000 in March, 36,000 in April, 58,000 off of that 339 in May, and 25,000 in June. Cumulatively, that's 246,000 jobs. The BLS said were created and added to the economy that actually did not get added to the economy. A quarter million jobs in only half a year in an economy that's likely only gonna get maybe 2 million jobs additional this year, assuming we don't get worse. And that's another problem. So why we keep in mind that the labor situation is likely worse than even these numbers we're going to go over, it still doesn't conform to what most people believe is a recession. Most people think that the recession, recession is flipping a switch. We go from job growth that's really good, expansion, boom, all that stuff, and then suddenly everybody just gets fired and laid off all at once, and we have millions and millions of people hitting the unemployment rate in a couple month period. And, it's, and that's that belief was um, largely in part largely due to what happened in 2008, the latter half of the great quote unquote recession, where in the last few months of 2008 and the first couple months of 2009, that's what happened. It seemed like the labor market was doing okay, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. But the part that everybody thought the labor market was doing okay 
we were already in recession during the okay part because the the trajectory of job declines is first of all variable and second of all it starts out gentle and slowly you've heard me say this a number of times before labor hoarding is always a part of these early recession periods and in this year in particular labor hoarding has probably been more than we've ever seen it before so what we're seeing from the employment statistics again keeping in mind that they're like the real labor situation is likely weaker what we're seeing is the impact of labor hoarding across the data which suggests businesses are hiring less but not yet cutting back on workers not in mass just nibbling around the edges we know they're doing things to their payrolls because we can see that in the data not just the, the ces payroll report most importantly we see that in hours hours worked are being cut back and in fact, the BLS said that during the month of July, we had another negative month in hours. Hours were down 0.2% month over month. And that was the fourth negative out of the last six months. So we had a bit of an increase in June, which happens every month, every, every once in a while. We've had more declines than we've had those increases. So that Overall, total hours work going back to January is down ever so slightly. And down ever so slightly is actually a bigger contraction than you otherwise might think because hours work should be expanding and consistently expanding. Instead, hours work that's flat to slightly lower, that's a contraction consistent with this initial stage of recession where companies are saying, I don't want to fire workers but I don't have any work for them to do. So I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to take the hit to my bottom line in the hopes that the second half of this year, business does pick up. That's why we always talk about the second half rebound. And as it looks like the second half rebound isn't going to rebound or the second half isn't going to rebound, the second half rebound isn't going to appear and happen, more businesses start to realize, I don't have any work. I don't have any sales coming in. Why am I hanging on to all these employees? So companies are, they're hiring fewer workers. We saw that in Jolts. We see that here in the establishment survey numbers. They're hiring fewer workers and the workers that they have, they are working them a little bit less. But on the other side of the ledger, the household survey, the unemployment rate actually declined. It went down to 3.5% when a couple of months ago it had been 3.7%. So what's going on there? Well, the household survey was after a large decline in May, which was the exact opposite of the payroll report. The household survey has rebounded in June and now in July by, by about 268,000 in July. However, that 268,000 was a little bit misleading too, because according to the, the, the CPS or current population statistics, Part-time jobs were the reason because part-time jobs increased by almost a million. At the same time, full-time jobs declined by almost 600,000. Now the household survey is incredibly noisy on a month-to-month -month basis. So we don't want to put too much stock into this one month change, but what it indicates is that yes, there were more jobs, potentially more employees working in July, but they were more likely to be working part-time as opposed to full-time, the, the additional jobs that were gained, additional employment that was gained, which is somewhat consistent with what we're seeing in the current, the CES numbers, which again, hours worked and slower employment growth. 
And because the labor force expanded in each of the past three months by about 150,000, 130,000 in that range, a little bit more in the labor force, a little bit more in terms of jobs, the unemployment rate declines a little bit. So we're back to three and a half percent on the unemployment rate, which we ask ourselves who really cares. The unemployment rate doesn't really tell us anything about, certainly not consumer prices. We see more indications of the cyclical change in the jobs market when we look at the CES numbers by industry. I've talked about this before in recent videos. I want to talk about a, a couple additional industries in this one because I think it's important. Start out with manufacturing. Manufacturing, which, I mean, makes perfect sense. Don't really need to describe all that much about what's going on with manufacturers, especially the inventory cycle, lower orders, backlogs, all that stuff. But even now, manufacturers are definitely still hoarding workers, which is why you see slight declines in manufacturing employment, but basically it's been flat to very slightly lower for many months now, consistent with what we see in the soft data surveys, consistent with what we see in say factory orders numbers, U.S. manufacturers, like their overseas counterparts, are indeed struggling, but they're not firing workers. They're not laying off workers in mass layoffs, at least not yet. Uh, for the month of July, manufacturing employment fell just by 2,000. That was after increasing by 6,000 the month before and after decreasing by 4,000 in months. So basically not really hiring anybody, not really firing everybody, anybody, but working their workers less. Temporary workers. Now that's, I think, an even bigger cyclical indication because temporary workers, those aren't your workers, so you can get rid of them and not feel all that guilty about it. Or maybe necessary, maybe you don't mind if they, if they, if if you get rid of temporary workers to better align the amount of labor that's being worked in your business and align it with actual sales, which are declining or not growing as fast as you would need them to. Temporary workers fell to under three million in the month of July. The month of June was actually below 3 million too because it was revised lower, shockingly, I know. Um, and it had been just above 3 million in the month of May. So temporary workers are now down. The number of temporary workers who are actually hired has declined to the lowest level since September of 2021. There's a clear shift in businesses using temporary workers, which is a cyclical indication outside of the labor hoarding process. We don't need to hoard temporary workers, so we're hiring a lot less of them. And, the, and those that we do have, a lot of temporary workers have been let go. Uh, temporary workers are a subset of professional business services, which is an enormous, uh, an enormous proportion of the overall jobs market. That one you can see in part because of temporary workers, in part because the services economy is slowing down, as I talked about in a video yesterday, Professional business services employment growth has slowed way down. The three-month rate of change as of July was just 0.3%. And you could see when it was start, it really began to slow down with everything else in late 2022. So again, we see the consistent early stage recession signal here where it's not, we don't just go right into mass layoffs and firing everybody. Employment growth slows way down, especially in this cyclical services industry. And it just kind of flatlines for a while until the labor hoarding ends. Businesses decide they've had enough. They can't wait long enough. That's when it really happened. And what you see in professional business services is that 
it's even the first stage is variable too because we had to slow down professional business services late in 2022 and then a rebound february march and really may professional business services sped up a little bit and now we're rolling over and that's something we've seen throughout economic data not just labor market data not just the u.s economic data we see this all around the world where we had this slowdown last year, a little bit of a bounce in the early part of this year, the soft landing, no landing stuff. And then now we're in the middle of the year, the economy around the world is rolling right over. So the labor market is substantially weaker than even these numbers suggest because of the, we're starting with an, a bias to overstate job growth. That's just, what happens during recession. There's a, a variety of reasons for that, including something called trend cycle assumptions. There's more subject subjectivity in these statistical estimates than you maybe understand or realize. So the labor market data, which is already weak on its face, is likely even weaker than we're seeing now. And in particular, hours worked. Businesses are indeed making adjustments to their labor force. We can see that in these statistics. We can see that in these cyclical industries like temporary workers and manufacturers and professional business services, the economy is heading into a recession. And we know it's heading into recession or we have a good idea that's heading into recession because of the forward-looking stuff like deflation and producer prices that tells us about the stress and strains, the inability to sell products and services at prices that, they, that businesses were counting on before we started this year. It's a slow process into recession, but even the labor market data is showing us that process, even if it's not if it's at its fullest extent just yet. If you wanna know more about deflation and producer prices, and you really should, check out the video at the link below. As always, thank you very much for joining me and a huge thank you to Eurodollar University subscribers as well as our Eurodollar University members, which you can see beside me. And until next time, everyone take care.